I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Don't forget to head on over to our website, shamelesssex.com, for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast, your Friday episode. We are still trying to figure out if we're going to continue doing Friday episodes. We're definitely going to... It's Freaky Friday. It's Freaky Friday. Are you all going to freak you out there? We always do a Tuesday release during the COVID times. In the very beginning, we started doing a Friday release as well. And we've always done a bonus episode one Friday of the month that is ad-free. Um, we may, just so you all know, heads up, go down to one episode a week. Our normal day jobs in the sex toy industry might be picking up again. <laughs> so um, it's it And everyone else's back. work as well out there. Hopefully. I hope it is for y'all's. For everyone out there, we've had you know, mixed reviews. Some people are like, ah, it's overwhelming because I want to listen to every episode in two a week. I feel like I'm behind. And some other folks are like, this has been a lifesaver. So just know we love all of you. And we are grateful for all of our listeners. Also, if you have not rated our podcast on iTunes, please, please give us a rating. We love five stars. Ratethispodcast.com slash shameless sex. Or if you just go to ratethispodcast.com and look up shameless sex podcast, it's an easy way to rate our podcast and uh, to also subscribe. Please, please. And thank do you. Do it. Do it. We yeah, yeah, love yeah. you. This episode is with Marley Liss on why I sat in an eight-hour restorative justice circle with my rapist. So trigger alert, it may bring up a lot for you. We talk about that actually in the beginning of the interview as well. Um, So if this is something you feel like you might be uh, particularly activated or triggered by, make sure you have your resources, be gentle with yourself. Um, And she shares a really wonderful perspective and a really challenging uh, experience of sitting down with her rapist in a restorative justice circle and choosing restorative justice as opposed to incarcerating someone. Um, so it's a different approach. She's, I learned yeah. so much. Yeah, and, it's incredible. Right. I didn't even know this was some option yeah. for some folks. And it's not only enlightening, it was really powerful. Super powerful. Yeah, I was very moved by what she had to share. Uh, So we are going to dive in. We have a sex question. We have a bio. We also are going to play a little trailer from you. We've been doing this for our podcast family, the Pleasure Podcast Network, all maybe nine or ten sex-positive podcasts. We love all of them. We're so happy to be part of this family. And we all recorded little trailers with some sex tips during uh, shelter-in-place slash quarantine. This one is with Private Parts Unknown with two awesome women. They're comedians. They're educators. They travel around. Well, not right now, but to different countries. And uh, I think they've been to what, like Tokyo no. and what was it, Sweden. And they talk about what sex is like in these other cultures. They're and then they also really do other great. things too. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. And we, yeah, we were on their show. They've been on our show. Yes, they were on our show and we were on theirs. Mm-hmm. And, oh, this is great because right now 
Courtney from Private Part Un- Parts Unknown, if you go find their podcast on Instagram, she is currently giving away titty shots. She's beautiful, by the way. Titty shots. If you donate fifty dollars or more to, I forgot what cause it is. It might be some Black other, Lives yeah, Matter, yeah, or somewhere in the umbrella yes. of Black Lives Matter. All you do is donate, send her a receipt in her DMs, and she sends you a titty shot. She's already raised twelve thousand dollars. Bad ass. That's crazy. That's, That's amazing. I know. Good for crazy her. good. Crazy good. We're in. We are into it. So, without further ado, here is the trailer. Hi, this is Private Parts Unknown, a podcast that explores love and sexuality around the world. And we are super excited to answer the Pleasure Podcast question of the month, which is, what is my number one sex tip for quarantine? Ooh. Love this question. I feel like this is the time to try stuff you wouldn't necessarily try, right? You're locked up together. Go for it. Get weird. This is not the time for missionary folks, which is why we're doing the Kama Sutra Challenge on our podcast. And if you want more sexy content for your ears, make sure to check out our latest series on Sex in Tokyo. I love that tip. I, there's all these different, there's different perspectives. It's like, be gentle with yourself about maybe not having a sex drive. I think maybe Sunny, Sunny Megatron shared that with her tip. This one's like, do all the wild things you've always wanted to do. You have time. So go ahead and get creative, get weird. Uh, I love that to each their own. Go check out their podcast, Private Parts Unknown. They're it's funny. On all the apps. Yeah. One of my awesome. friends sent me one of their podcasts, like a link to it, not knowing that we knew them mm. and she's like listen to this podcast you're gonna love it and i said yeah i already know i love them. i think at their tokyo episode they um i don't know if it's courtney or both of them but they got uh, erotic massages slash vulva hjs and so they paid for hands-on sex work in tokyo that's amazing i know and they talk about it in their podcast i didn't listen to that one but now i will go check it out all right chip you ready for a sex question mm-hmm Me and my partner are struggling in the bedroom. We are two years into the relationship, and for some reason, our sex life isn't going well. I'm 23 years old, and it takes me a long time to get off. I feel bad, so sometimes I fake it to make him feel good. I just don't know why it takes me so long, even when I'm by myself. I've never used sex toys before, and I feel like I'm really letting him down. Please help. Whoo, faking orgasms. I have to say, it's pretty common. Do we know if this person that wrote it is a vulva owner? The name could sounds like vulva owner. Never so, specified. Yeah, not specified, but I th- the name would suggest vulva owner. And just the faking orgasms thing is so common for vulva owners. Not that penis owners don't do it or can't do it. I've met some that have. And, be, and it's all about pressure. And same, same for this person, too. Whether her partner is pressuring her or not, there is this underlying pressure in... Uh, all good sex only means everyone has an orgasm. Se- good sex is always about a goal and it's from point A of arousal to point B of orgasm. And that if you don't do it, something's wrong with you. And then your partner might get hurt or sad or angry and feel like there's make it personal about them and, or that you're broken. And I'm assuming this person's going through all of those things. There's something wrong with me, which they're saying, why does it take me so long to get off even alone? And, and then, so I fake it with my partner because I'm so worried about how they are going to respond. Um, so yeah, so this is a, is a cycle and this is so common. I know, I think most Volvo owners I know have faked orgasms at some point. And whether, again, 
maybe their partner said something. Oh, like, is there something wrong? Am, am I enough? Or maybe not, but there's just this idea out there that there's a lot of pressure. And the vulva can be complicated. Also, it isn't always complicated, but it can be. This is why we are huge fans of OMGS. We love OMGS. That's a great recommendation for this person. Yeah, for you, because this person is like, I don't know why it takes me so long to get off. Maybe trying some other things to stimulate yourself. You'd never use sex toys, so sex toys are a great way. That's what I would recommend. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. To either before you play with your partner or to incorporate during sex. And on your own. So you yeah. can kind of explore your sexuality and your pleasure on your own mm-hmm. and hopefully get out of the headspace or the I, I'm not going to come or whatever headspace you're in and tap into what feels good. Watch something that turns you on if there's some sort of eye candy that you like to look at on the uh, interweb. Mm-hmm. Check yeah. that out. and. I think it comes down to this point of do you share this with your partner? Hey, so you, cause, because you have to acknowledge this to change it, but you might, you don't have to share it with your partner to acknowledge it. You're, and b- some people would say, well, just out at all. And, but it's a scary conversation. Hey, partner, I've been faking some orgasms. So whether you choose to share it with them or not, I would at least share just, just so you know, dear partner, it's really hard for me to get off or my body's changing and now it feels hard for me to get off or I'm really in my head and I feel this pressure, even if it's not from you, to have an orgasm and it's affecting the strength of my orgasms or the uh, the, or the occurrence, the accessibility. And so I'm wondering if we can incorporate sex toys during our playtime. I'm wondering if we can watch OMGS together or separate and learn new techniques that we might try on my vulva um, and also watching that and exploring yourself because you may just not know exactly what you like. And you may just really be in your head. Like April said, if you're just like, I'm not going to come, I'm not going to come. This could be a fun you don't way come. to explore, though, your own sexuality to figure out what really turns you on. Start looking at different, I don't know, there's different options out there. Or even a book that yeah. goes through um, the, what would be a good book recommendation well even just exploring like the come as you are yeah i mean come as you talks about this yes penis centric model when the penis is ready to go you have sex and the penis is ready to orgasm sex is over and so getting away from that and i would suggest to this person to make a strong commitment to yourself if you're really sick and tired of this to make a strong commitment to yourself that you aren't going to fake orgasms anymore and that you are going to start to really listen to and tend to you and stand up for you and your pleasure because someone's always losing in this and it's you and your partner kind of loses too because they don't learn there's a part of you that they don't know there's a big secret and that could hurt connection so it's there for a reason i I feel for you and i've been there i faked an orgasm or five in my life me too maybe more than that and and it comes with shame and all these other pieces and part of it was the same thing i'm really afraid of this person not feeling like they're enough, so I'm going to do this. Yeah. And it's not it's not helpful. No. So feel for you. Good luck. And There's lots of options. Keep learning. Keep practicing. And, um, yeah, we love you, listener. We love you. Also, I, I know. Sorry. I knew we were just done. They also, I wonder if they're on any form of birth control or anything, mm, which yes. also can affect. Just, sex drive and yeah. response. Right. Mm-hmm. So that could be a piece. I don't know. And it's going to be a journey. Yeah. I mean, I've had, one. I've had waves where it's really not really easy. I don't feel like I've ever been really easy to get off. I'm an energetic though. So like if the energy is right, then it can be easy for me. Um, but when it comes to touch and not being in my right headspace game, I've had times where it's just like, it feels like I'm in the flow and times where there'll be like months where I feel so fucking complicated Yeah, and it's hard to access. So completely, I totally get it. All right. Well, 
yeah, as Amy said, good luck. And thank you for obviously writing in and letting us know. And hopefully you can have that amazing orgasm. You will. Not you can. You will. You will. All right. Bio time. Bio time. So this is uh, Marley Liss. This is Marley's bio. And here we go, Amy. Marley helps women claim sacred sensuality so they can live in self-love and inner wholeness. As a woman's embodied love coach, author, and retreat facilitator, she has worked internationally to inspire transformative healing. Marley's work is deeply shaped by her background in social work, trauma-informed yoga, somatic sex education, and body image, image facilitation. In 2019, Marley founded an organization called Rehumanize, focused on uplifting cultural standards of empathy. Marley has shared her story of restorative justice for sexual violence worldwide across major platforms such as Forbes, Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, Mel Robbins Show, and more. Marley is getting ready to launch a sacred sensuality course that you can learn more about at marleyliss.com. That's M-A-R-L-E-E-L-I-S-S.com. All right, but first... Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product to tell you about. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as those manscaped pubes. Plucking your nose and ear hair can be savage, and I love savage, but mostly in the bedroom. With the proprietary skin-safe technology, this little weed whacker prevents nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with the amazingly effective weed whacker. Penis owners, it's time to step up your nose and hair trimming game. And our listeners get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHAMELESS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com when you use code SHAMELESS. Now go whack your weeds and wank your goods and let's get back to the show. All right, everyone, it is interview time, episode time, conversation time. Uh, we are here with Marley Liss. You already heard um, a little bit about Marley in the bio. Um, and we probably already said this in the intro. We record the intro after we record this interview. So I'm assuming we'll say this, but I'm going to say this again here in case we missed it. Um, this topic might be potentially triggering for some folks. Um, and that's okay. If that's okay, if that is, well, we don't want you to be triggered. Um, we want to let you know that things can come up, especially when we're talking about uh, sexual violence, sexual assault, we're talking about rape, we're talking about restorative justice. Um, and so if you are listening and you are not feeling resourced right now, this resource means that you, um, your tank is full of um, things that make you feel grounded and connected to yourself. Um, and maybe is a time to go and fill up that tank with some things like meditation or a walk or reaching out to a friend um, before you listen, or if you're feeling resourced, um, dive on in and just be compassionate uh, for our listener or sorry, for our guests, for us, for yourselves. Um, and to know that things do come up and um, uh, that's, that's a natural part of talking about things that can be um, potentially heavy or that you, you might relate to. Um, and with that said, this is a really important topic. We're really excited to have Marley on here um, and, and just, just 
so brave for what she's doing. I'm excited to learn more. Um, Marley, welcome to our show. And we always start with the same question. And uh, if you can tell us how you got to where you are today in this uh, journey in the realm of restorative justice, human sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm like, wow, big question. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how did I get here? It's it's been a really, really, really big healing journey. And I mean, resources like this, like your podcast and all of these amazing like sex positive worlds, all of these different things have been really deeply healing. I think that something I was reflecting on before I came on here was just how like cultivating a new standard for pleasure in my life really did help shape this path. Because it was like I experienced this sexual assault in 2016 and it really, really, really broke me and like slashed my sexual foundation. Like I just went way back to my beginnings of having like no, yeah, just like no sexual anything. And um, but that left space for me to like rebuild something more beautiful and healing and real and I think that's really when I started to understand, like, I do deserve pleasure in my life. I do deserve a sexual reality that's outside of like objectification and all that conditioning. And then that started to seep into my justice experience because I was like going through the punitive path for three years and it was so brutal. And I was just like enduring all this shit. And I, and I realized like this, if I'm not enduring like abusiveness and, and, dehumanization in all other areas of my life why am I continuing to be okay with this this punitive path that's really hard so I think that like re like that reclamation of the way pleasure existed in my life helped me to dream up something different to like dream up and consider an alternative that is really incredible even your bio and uh, the amount of work that you've done and you created an organization as well, which is really cool. And we'll have a link to that. And I guess really what some folks out there might not know what restorative justice even is. And so I would love for you to talk more about what restorative justice is. And also, can you talk about how that applies to sexual violence? Hmm. Yeah, I think it's really important to say that I didn't know what restorative justice was. I didn't know it existed till about a year ago. And that's a big part of why I share this story is because I want everyone to know that it exists and that it's an option, hopefully, for everyone. Um, so restorative justice is basically focused on repair, repairing harm instead of punishment. So instead of saying like, a sexual assault was done, what do we do with the perpetrator? They say like, okay, a sexual assault was done, like real harm was caused. How do we address that? So to me, it's a much more human approach and it can look really different. Like it doesn't always look like an eight hour circle. Um, It can look really, really different. But for my process, it meant that instead of going to criminal trial, which we were about to do, Instead, my assailant went to therapy for like six months, and then we eventually met in this circle that lasted eight hours. 
And is that circle then mediated by uh, uh, by the authorities or who like how how did what does that even look like? Yeah, so this is the first time that this has happened in North America through the legal system. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting. There were mediators, and we kind of did this one eighty. Like we were very much going down the punitive path with court. Like I went to a prelim- preliminary trial and everything. And then we like 180 once I discovered restorative justice very much on my own journeys and searches for something better, um, for me better. Um, That is when we kind of shifted into that completely. And yeah, so it wasn't like it didn't have this energy of like court with like the authorities and people with the, the kind of costumes and the gavels and the formalities. It was like so much more human. I'm so curious about that. And I know that this is, you know, uh, this is a, um, a, a conversation. Uh, this is an idea or an approach that everyone will have a different idea of how, how they'd want to do that. Some people want to say, no, I want, you know, want them to go. I want to go to, the, them to go to prison and I want them to, you know, repent for what they've done and whether that is just their personal belief or it's based on conditioning, what they've been told is the only way. Um, and so what you're saying is you actually discover restorative justice. You discover that there is um, an approach that can involve a uh, therapy for someone to work on their own stuff, their own trauma, because with the idea, and I'm, you correct me if I'm wrong, but the idea that hurt people hurt people. And that at some point to end the cycle, instead of hurting them more by putting them in a jail cell and being like, figure it out for yourself, and you probably won't. Um, or it's not, not maybe not probably, but it, it's who, what kind of support are they, are people getting there? Instead, it's, there's this other way that is, probably not the easier way for you um, because you have to be, you were face to face with this person. I'm curious why you chose to pursue this with your rapist. Like what really moved you to go this route? Yeah, I love that question because there's so many reasons. Like I, yes, this, there's that piece of things where like the restorative process potentially invites in transformation for him for my perpetrator, but also I very much chose this path based on my own needs. And like one of the biggest stats is that like survivors almost always have such a need for accountability and to like hear an apology and to see transforming, like to make sure to feel reassured that their perpetrator won't do this to someone else. And these were my own needs. Like before I even thought about him, really, I was like, I need to have my grief witness. Like I need to, to show him how devastated I was. I need to ask a lot of questions. Like I need answers to these questions that have been like haunting me and just confusing me for years. And I wanted him to just look me in the eye and like say, sorry. And these were needs that I have, because I think a lot of the time people think that you have to be like a saint or something like someone with no emotions and no anger to pursue restorative justice, but you don't, it's like, there's so much space in this process for anger and sadness and grief to be heard and honored, like way more than I was getting that through the punitive process. So there's that piece. And then absolutely what you said of like breaking those cycles of hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. I, 
I think, and I know you live in Canada, right? And I think, I don't know how different our justice systems are between the two countries. And it, I, so I will speak for on the United States. It seems like such a broken system. It, it's, it, there isn't, it's not about rehabilitation, right? People go in, especially to our prison system, and they come out either better criminals or more violent criminals. And so I look at countries like Sweden or the countries that have a little bit less of this lock them up because it's a business in the U.S. Prison system is a business. It's a privatized industry that makes a shit ton of money by the more people they lock up. And I think, and I don't know if Canada is similar, and um, I hope that there are these kinds of options out there for folks that want to begin the healing process through actually hoping that that their offender can be rehabilitated and can do the healing not with them but but uh even if they don't want to see that person again i'm sure there there uh is a way for for in the us at least for folks to is your business, the uh organization rehumanize is that also for folks in, in all of North America, or is it just in Canada? Can, can folks in the U.S. that want to go this route and um, rehumanize their offender, let's say, is that possible? Mm, yeah, great question. Um, it is definitely possible. I would never be like, it's 100%, like all 100% guarantee that you can have this outcome, you know, because I don't necessarily have that like political power or whatever. But um, there are definitely options and like restorative justice has done a lot in Canada and the United States for crimes that are more like shoplifting or youth crimes, things like that. And a big reason it's not done for sexual violence is because people think that survivors would never, ever want it. So this is why I'm like really showing up. And, and it's not just me. Like when I shared this story, I heard from hundreds and hundreds of survivors who were like, I wish I knew about this or how do I get this? So there's definitely resources people can be connected to. And that's something that our organization is putting together as a directory that will include Canada and the States. But our hope and my hope is that like my case really sets a precedent and people can refer to that and, and make that accessible to themselves as well. And we can start to normalize this conversation because at least in Canada, like we have in Canada, we have some of the best laws around sexual assault in the world. And we actually, it's actually in the victim's bill of rights to be told about restorative justice right away, but no one, no one, no one has that experience. Mm. So we're kind of asking why is that? And it's because of people's personal biases where they're like, oh, no one would want this. This is too soft on crime. This is like, you know, it's not really going to help. All these, all these like myths around restorative justice. Hmm. And then you have to also look at people that are repeat serial offenders. And can those folks actually be, rebel- re- you know, re- it's such a, this is a very interesting uh I'm so thankful that you are in this process and you are helping other people. And I know that we want to talk about the trauma and how this helped heal your trauma, because that's a really important piece of of all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's kind of everything. Like, um, I feel like, like I was kind of saying, I had this whole first sexual foundation that was like built on conditioning and traumas and hookup culture and all of these things. And then when that, I feel that like with this trauma, um, which was a rape from a stranger, 
that really, like I fell into a really deep depression and PTSD. And I was like considering taking my life at one point and then going through the court process was so disempowering and just like affirmed all of these losses. Like I was like, okay, my voice doesn't matter, I guess. And all these things like court just, yeah, affirm that. And I feel like I went on this, like I, it was almost do or die. Like I went on this epic journey of reclamation where everything that had been lost, I was just rebuilding. And I like started leading women's retreats. I published a book about my sexual trauma. Um, I do like coaching now for women all about sacred sensuality and reclamation. I have this organization. So it's really become my whole life. And And my healing journey at first was very do or die, but it became like so beautiful and juicy and just amazing. Mm. I I bet listeners are are wondering, well, I don't know. I bet I am. So maybe if you could tell us more. So, okay. So you, you do this, you know, there's six months of therapy for your, for your rapist. You do this eight hour restorative justice circle with them in it. You feel seen heard you feel you know their compassion you feel their regret you know what can you just tell us a little bit about what that looked like so I want to say first that even before the circle happened I felt so much healing the moment I got a call from my lawyer being like okay they're going to listen to what you asked for which was restorative justice we're actually going to do that And to me, that was the first time since this rape had happened and it had been three years. It was the first time that my voice was actually being heard. So even before the circle happened, I felt like so many of my needs were being met in that way. And then the actual circle was really hard. Like I'm not ever going to deny that. It was really hard. And it was also so healing. Like I, I literally in the moment where my assailant like looked me in the eyes and took accountability and said like, I'm so sorry. I, I did sexually assault you. There's nothing I can do to take it back, but I hope that being here today can help. I just like burst into tears and felt the most visceral knot untie from my stomach. And I was like, who knows what that would have turned into or how long I would have carried that in my life. But like, it was such deep, deep, deep relief. Mm. that's so powerful so that hearing that and then and then you also stated that you're talking about all this old stuff the conditioning the stories and the hookup culture and and so you're saying here's this this terrible thing that happened that happened uh you know to you and 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 you one could look at it as like oh fuck why did this terrible thing happen to me And, and and you got this experience that not only was able to heal, unpack that thing, but also old stuff that so many of us are, that aren't even necessarily related to so-called sexual violence, but so many of us, especially as vulva owners are living in um, and that you were actually able to unpack that as well. And then it has led you to this journey of what you were offering. You're offering so many different things. We'll get to that too, so you can share more about all those pieces there. Uh, as well, but like, but wow, just, I'm, I'm so moved. I love, I, I'm going to say to everyone that's listening, like I, I'm there's, I don't think that there's one right way to, to do things. Like, you know, if, if you want to pursue the legal system and, you know, throw your person in jail and throw, then 
you do what you do you. I, I personally love learning when there's just options, when there's ways that compassion and also this is a great act of self-care for you. Like ultimately you're just, you're just saying, I didn't just choose it for this person, for this person. I chose it for me and my high school based on who I am. Um, and just what a high road to take. I'm just, I'm really impressed by you. Mm, thank you. And Marley, yeah. do you feel in, in, in your experience with your um, kind of going into the mediation process, do you feel like that person, would, would they commit an act like this ever again? Do you think that they learned from, because they obviously, and I don't know exactly if they, if they served any sort of time at all, do you feel like they were rehabilitated and that they wouldn't do this to someone else? Yeah, I feel really, really confident that he wouldn't. Um, Again, I'm like, I would never, ever say like 100% guaranteed because I don't know. Um, But I, it was really like most miraculous case scenario. I feel like seeing him embody consent, even the way he like carried himself in the circle. It was like, wow, you really have done six months therapy all about consent and unlearning patriarchy and all of these things and I kind of feel with that like our I I almost like want our our culture to collectively raise our standards of what's possible with this because I think a lot of us are like in a dream world he doesn't do it again but my thing is like in a dream world he uses this experience as a catalyst for transformation the same way that like a lot of trauma survivors do and I really feel like that's what happened and at one point in the circle he shared like I want to help stop sexual violence like Mm -hmm. I I don't drink anymore like I tell my friends to be more more mindful maybe he didn't say mindful (laughs) more Mm -hmm. careful whatever about like like respecting people and within hookup culture and yeah, like just, just witnessing him question those things and like witnessing his own deconditioning process that came from this was really, really, really meaningful. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Uberlube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried Uberlube and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are thousands of doctors recommending UberLube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing dryness. UberLube is without a doubt my favorite lube. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on my body. And it isn't just for sex. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session. Totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic product. So I just leave it out on my nightstand totally shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. 
OMG has studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made beautiful animated modules and super honest short videos to give you ways to reach even more pleasure. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years, and it's been changing their lives. We all know pleasure is fluid and ever-changing, so why not add more tools to your pleasure tool belt? OMGS is for everyone, so whether you are a vulva owner or you just love vulvas, OMGS will give you the techniques to get your O face on. There are two seasons to choose from and hundreds of gorgeous videos to explore, so go see what science says about pleasure and visit omgs.com slash shameless. That's O-M-G-S dot com slash shameless to get $5 off your O-M-G-S access. Again, O-M-G-S dot com slash shameless. Go check it out. Now back to the show. I think that's what makes the greatest impact too. And I love that you said that and I've uh, about, so not only is that, you know, he's learned for himself, but now he's in turn, and he's, so he's going to be different in the world, but he in turn is actually is actually paying that forward to all these other people in his life. And that's what I've, I've felt this way about a, a lot of the stuff with sexual violence um, with um, specifically with, with men and not just about sexual violence, but um, I think men really advocating for how other men, their brothers, uncles, fathers, all the other men in their life can step up and like, and they're the ones that have these powerful voices like, Hey, Hey bro, like this, this isn't okay. Like the here, and here's why you might be making these choices. Here's the conditioning that you have. Here's how this might feel for this person. And like, you know, I'm your brother here and I'm going to hold you accountable for that. Instead of like, Oh, it's just what bros are doing. You know, we're at the bars and I see my, my guy friend just like taking home this girl who's blacked out drunk, but like, we're just going to let it, ha, ha, ha. instead of like, you know what? I'm going to advocate for, for this here. And, and, you know, maybe it takes someone to go through this experience of almost having their whole, well, yeah, his whole life did change um, to, to do that. But I really believe in that in, in, in the, the individual work and then how they can put that outward in the collective and how we could maybe um, change the system a little bit to make that more possible. Do you have advice? So for folks who are listening who might be victims of sexual violence or might know someone who's a victim of sexual violence, um, do you have any, just, and it can be, I'll leave this completely open for what you want to do with it. Any words of wisdom or advice for, for these folks? Mm, I love what you mentioned before about there's like so many ways to do it. And I think that's really important. Like there's no one size fits all for justice. Mm. Um, the conversation I really want to invite here for survivors is like, what does justice look like to you? Like, forget this whole system we've been fed, but like what would actually bring you justice? What would actually allow your needs to best be met and to know that those are important enough for like something to come of that? Um, I think that's that's really it. And, and there's so many ways as well to to walk that path of justice in a way that's like synonymous with healing. Mm -hmm. And like we were saying, it doesn't have to look like a circle with this person. There's so many creative ways to do restorative justice. Like you can even have a stand in person, like acting out the role of your assailant. If you just need to say something to them. Um, But yeah, just, just knowing that that's an option and that you do deserve a version of justice that is synonymous with your healing. Mm -hmm. And do people, so one, just one other piece of that. So 
do so like he you know he goes to therapy and you're saying you can have someone be a stand-in person who's paying for all of this like who is how is this all determined and taken care of yeah I think that's where it gets a bit complex like so something my lawyer said was we're kind of making this path as we walk it because this hasn't really been done for sexual assault through the legal system so we were kind of like making it up as we went. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then it also might be different Canada versus the States, but a lot of these mediation services are government funded. So like, I don't think a survivor should ever be, should ever have to pay out of pocket for any of this. Like I definitely don't think that is a reality that exists or should exist. Um, I know that my, my assailant definitely paid for his therapy and for his lawyer. Um, I think I actually, I don't really know to be honest. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I mean, I figured there wasn't some like perfect system there. It's like, Oh, it's all taken care of by the government. You know, it's still, it's still is thing. But I mean, I would imagine for that person's like, huh, do I want to go to jail for X amount of time? Or like, do I want to take this opportunity to, um, to go and and do this work and um and still be able to to live my life and and, you know better myself um so yeah I love what Marley said because I mentioned something earlier and you know there's a lot of folks out there that have done violent crimes again and again and 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 especially uh, and unfortunately crimes uh that tend to have um sexual uh what's the right word it's just pretty much there's people that are like serial rapists out there. And I feel like those folks probably wouldn't be able to, I I would hope, I would hope anybody can be saved, but some people maybe do need the uh, other, other aspect, which isn't the therapy part. They would maybe benefit. I would hope, I really want to keep hope out there, but I know there's people that are listening to this podcast and probably saying like, maybe they're a victim and probably saying like, no, I want my Mm -hmm. offender. So I I really just wanted to honor what you said about it's not a one size Mm -hmm. fits all approach and everybody is so different. So my roundabout way of saying, saying what I wanted to uh, express to you was just like, thank you for, for saying that. And, And hopefully everyone out there also understands that these are more options. As Amy and I continue to do, we're giving people a lot of options and thinking out of the box. And what Marley's doing is absolutely fantastic. And I just also want to commend you for all of the work, which uh, would be a wonderful time to ask you about all of your offerings. We, we mentioned the Rehumanize um, organization. And also, can you let folks know how to find you if they would like to work with you? Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. And thank you for acknowledging that as well. So, so, so important. Um, so... Yeah, my mom and I founded this organization together very soon after this circle happened, and it is called Rehumanize, and we're offering, we're basically being the bridge between organizations that do the mediation and the masses. So we're like connecting survivors with these resources and and explaining the why behind restorative justice, because it's so controversial and confusing. Um, so that is the work we do. And people can find that through rehumanizedmovement.com. And then I have my own personal work, which is all about sacred sexuality and somatic sex education and sensual reclamation, all that juicy stuff. So people can find me through marleylist.com. And I actually just launched like a completely free masterclass online that people can access through that site as well. Awesome. 
Well, you are a powerful human in so many ways. And I really think um, a lot of folks out there will benefit from hearing your story and sharing with us. So thank you so much, Marley. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, for everyone listening to the Shameless Sex Podcast, we Wait, love you I, so much. Can Dang I just it? say one thing? No. Anyone me, listening? No. Anyone listening who's feeling some feels right now, I just want to invite this to, as we kind of did before this, if you're feeling some feels, like some th- some feelings that are really intense, um, then I just I just want to uh, normalize that. Again, we talked about some stuff here that is is potentially triggering for a lot of folks. Um, and just as we talked about the resourcing before, like, if you're feeling that now is the time to end the, end the show and go and tend to you, um, do some form of self-care, reach out to a friend, reach out to a therapist or a loved one, do things that are grounding to make you feel connected to your body and to the earth. Um, just various tools, and uh, if you don't know how to um, to to resource, then um, you can always send you know shoot us shoot us an email and be like that. I'm super triggered, and we'll uh, we can send you some resources too. But just to let you know that that can can happen there as well. Absolutely, Amy. That is such. Sorry for interrupting you. No, no, I, I don't mind. I mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a great way to end the show because mm-hmm. it's true. This is a this is a lot. It's heavy stuff. So um, I'm really I'm. I feel blessed to have access to you to help with this information, Marley. So thank you again. And uh, an awkward time to talk about wine, but you know, <laughs> why not? Because we're a shameless sex and we do still drink wine, not today at noon, but probably in a couple of hours. Check out marginswine.com for all of their latest offerings. And they do just a couple of small batch releases a year. So you just have to sign up for their newsletter and you will be in the know. Amy and I absolutely love their wine now. And we hope you have tried it too. Thank you for being part of the shameless sex revolution and for listening and joining us. And yeah, we love you all. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.